This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security for November 22nd, 2019. If you're thinking of buying an old iPhone this holiday, Josh and Kirk discuss the perils of older hardware deals and Black Friday tips for security and savings. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. So in one week, we have this new modern holiday, the day that you digest your Thanksgiving meals, and it's called Black Friday. After you've digested your Thanksgiving meal, you spend your money on all sorts of sales. Josh, any plans for Black Friday this year? Oh, like, are there any particular deals that I'm looking at? Uh, Yeah. Is it? Do you need to buy anything new, a new car, a new house, a private island? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm always buying those things. But <laughs> um, no. Yes. Why wait for Black Friday to buy a private of course, island? Exactly. No, not in particular. You know, I'm one of those people who I, I just kind of look for deals on things that I really need kind of throughout the year. Occasionally, there's something that I might be interested in that happens to be on sale for Black Friday. But for the most part, I don't really get super into this to the point where I'm like, you know, looking at every deal website and app and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I don't do that at all in general. Um, When this first started, how long has this been? 10 years-ish? I remember going through long lists on Amazon thinking, ooh, there's going to be a good deal. Ooh, there's going to be a good deal. But in most cases, there aren't. If you look at Amazon's daily deals, you see the same kind of stuff. Yep. However, this year, there is something I need. Um, my partner and I had a freezer that she had inherited from her mother, which was 20 years old and it died a couple months ago. Uh, you know, a tall, six foot tall stand up freezer. So I'm hopefully going to find a new freezer on sale. If I can even save 10%, that's not a bad deal. But this is something that I need rather than something that I'm buying just to exercise my right as a member of capitalist society (laughs) to buy things on a given Friday. Right. Yeah. So there are some opportunities, you know, here and there to, if if you happen to need something already, great. But yeah, I agree with you. Amazon in particular, that's one where they're always, they, they have deals, you know, prime deals going on all the time. And so, you know, you don't really have to wait till Black Friday. They they certainly market it and tell you, oh, look, we got all these Black Friday deals. But it's it's not true. There are some big ticket items that they do have on Black Friday, particularly if you want to buy an Amazon device, wait for Black Friday yeah. or Prime Day or over here, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. These things are always on sale. And um, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Amazon released a new Kindle for kids that I believe over here it's 99 pounds, probably $99. It comes in a protective case like their Fire tablet for kids. And you get a one-year subscription to a service where you can get about 1,000 children's books on the Kindle. Now, my partner has a four-year-old granddaughter, and she wants to get one of those for her. But if it's 99 pounds now, it'll be 79 on Black Friday. Right, right. So there's certain things you can you can reasonably expect to go on sale. There, Another thing is, 
Um, I don't know if we've ever really talked much about those DNA testing kits on the show and the privacy implications of it, but um, those typically do go on sale. So if you do want to send a sample of your DNA to some company and have them keep it on file for all eternity, uh, you, you, you can <laughs> certainly do that at a good discount on Black Friday. Yes, and they can provide it to law enforcement, and it could be useful at some point. Yeah. Uh, again, so we're, we're going to talk about two things here. We're going to talk about the shopping process, but that's not really the focus of our podcast, but it's more about how to make sure that you're safe and secure and not scammed. But the thing about Amazon on their deals is if you look at them regularly, you see the same things that come back over and over. For instance, I needed a new electric toothbrush. Every two weeks, Amazon has these Oral B electric toothbrushes that listed 270 pounds on sale for 50 pounds. I didn't care that it was Bluetooth connected, um, but you never pay full price for an electric toothbrush if you shop carefully. I think even when they're not daily deals, they're still like 60% off. So these are bogus retail prices. And that's the thing about a lot of these deals is that you'll see a normal retail price cited with a slash and save 40%. But what you need to find is what really was the price that this had been sold at prior to the deal. Right. It, last year, we had an episode where we, we talked about Black Friday and we talked about camelcamelcamel.com, which is a... My favorite shopping website. Right. Uh, th- this is a great website. I used it to... Um, for the same thing, just monitoring certain products to see when they go on sale. And you can also look at the price history. So for any given product, if you want to know, hey, is this a good deal? You can go back and and as long as somebody has previously put this into that search engine, uh, they've been tracking it since that time. And they can tell you all the prices that it's been since they first looked at it which can be really, really helpful in determining whether something is really a good deal or not. One of the featured items today on Amazon UK is renewed, which means refurbished, using the term renewed, iPhone XS and iPhone XS Max. So you can get a renewed iPhone XS Max, 64 gigs for 570 pounds. Now, I don't know what the normal retail price is. They're saying 675. It hasn't been sold for months because... Uh, that one dropped out of Apple's product line. Um, but now that Amazon is selling Apple devices, you might want to pay attention on Black Friday if you're looking for a MacBook Pro, if you're looking for a keyboard. Um, they are selling a lot of these over here. They're calling them renewed, and, and they explain that this is just refurbished. Um, they are selling a lot of Apple devices now. Yeah, that is a good point. Apple has a lot of devices available um, actually really a lot of places, but Amazon is one place that you can shop for those things. And because of sites like this, um, that, that makes it easier to, to see how often these things do go on sale when they go on sale, if there's so, any sort of regularity to it. Um, for a lot of products, uh, it seems like when they are first announced, they typically start out at a really high price. So if there's some product that's brand new, you can expect to pay more money than you will a few months down the road when you know they're not, they don't sort of have as much press, and they, so they're trying to really get more people to buy their product. So if there's something that's brand new that's coming out around the holiday season, my advice would be if you can live without it for a few months, just wait a few months because chances are it's going to have a better deal a few months down the road. So, And another thing is that if you do want to save money on an iPhone, 
Remember that now that Apple has the iPhone upgrade program, there are a huge number of phones that go back into the channel and get refurbished. So I just looked up this, um, what did I say? It was a, a 10S Max 64 gigs, which is the iPhone I had previously. And on Camel, 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 it shows it at being $799, um, the price prior to, so early this year. And then it's progressively dropped, and now it's 650 That's actually a pretty good saving compared to a new iPhone. However, the iPhone 11 isn't that much more. It's about 799 and it's a year newer. And Exactly, right. Don't be swayed by impulse buying on Black Friday. Shop around. You may find what looks like a really good deal someplace that really isn't. Um, another site I really like is the wire cutter. The wire cutter does extensive testing of all sorts of hardware, homeware, power tools, things like that. And on Black Friday, they do look through deals comparing with the the products that they've picked. And they say, this is a good deal. This isn't a good deal. Um, I think it's worth following them if there's anything specific you want. Unfortunately for me, being in the UK, the wire cutter is US only. Um, some of the products that they choose are sold here, but most aren't. So for my freezer, I won't get the same models in the U.S. as what I want here. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Um, You you mentioned something interesting about, you know, you have to consider that, say, for if you're buying an iPhone, that you don't necessarily want to just save 100 bucks or so and get the year-old model. Because when you think about the total cost of that device and how long you're going to be potentially using it, um, there, you should be saving more than a hundred bucks, you know, for, for something that's now a whole year old, it's, it's a year closer to going out of Apple's update cycle. Um, one thing that's right. different this year is that Apple seems to be releasing updates for the previous version of iOS. They've never done that before, but since iOS 13 has come out, they've released a couple of security-only updates for iOS 12. So all those devices that are ineligible for being upgraded to iOS 13 but can run iOS 12, you may still at least get some security updates. And I haven't looked really super closely at this, but I know with Mac OS that um, Apple does have a tendency to not actually patch everything for the older versions of Mac OS. They'll patch kind of the things that they think are most critical or maybe the easiest to patch. I'm not really sure what their criteria is. They'll generally patch Safari. Yeah, they do patch Safari and and some operating system bugs, but they don't patch everything for the previous versions of the OS. And I suspect that they're probably going to do the same thing with iOS 12 as well. So my advice would be just because you see a really great deal on an iPhone 6, um, guess what? It's really a bad deal at this point to get an iPhone six, any iPhone six, because I think iPhone six can't run iOS 13. Correct? Exactly. Right. But yeah. there's a, another thing that you should consider when you're looking at previous generation iPhones or iPads. And that is, um, the vulnerability that we, we talked about a couple months ago, um, that makes it possible to jailbreak these devices. If you get physical access to these devices, there's some permanent bug in essentially kind of in the hardware that Apple cannot patch via software updates only. And so if you have an iPhone 10, which by the way, can run iOS 13, and it's only two two years old at this point, 
but an iPhone 10 or an iPhone 8 or any previous model iPhone and equivalent models of iPad from the same time period, um, those devices are permanently going to be vulnerable if someone can get their hands on your device physically. So keep that in mind. I wouldn't recommend to anybody at this point to get an iPhone 10 or any older models. As far as other Apple related hardware to be careful of, I would, um, if you're planning on buying a printer or scanner, I would look very closely at the software that you need to run the printer or scanner to see if it's updated for Mac OS Catalina. This is the 32 bit, 64 bit thing. So I have two scanners. I have a, a scan snap, which is a page feed scanner. It does 10 or 20 pages at a time. And their software is not being updated. I have an Epson flat scanner for photo scanning, and it was updated. But I had to call Epson to find out because it didn't even list on the website. So even if I had seen this now on sale and I said, oh, great price. Oh, but the software is not updated. It is updated. So it can be really confusing for this. And this is really only printers and scanners. What other devices do we install drivers for anymore? If you have a RAID device, uh, you know, for storage, then you might need a driver. But what else? There's not much. Yeah, there isn't really too much. Um, and and most of those drivers for printers um, either, well, historically, I know they've come with the operating system. I think a lot of times now, if you plug in a device, um, if, if the driver doesn't exist on your system, then, uh, it'll automatically check an Apple server to see if Apple has that driver available for you. Yeah, but it's not the driver itself because the driver is just a file with information. It's whatever utility you use to manage the printer. So let's say, um, my scan snap can import pages, scan them, do OCR. You might have a printer scanner multifunction that does multiple things, a printer that does faxing. I don't know if that's if faxes still exist, to be honest. <laughs> um, but you, you may have issues with devices like that. So it's worth, it's worth being very careful about that, um, particularly because of this change uh, in macOS Catalina from 32 to 64. Yeah, this is a real thing that is affecting a lot of people right now. And I guarantee that these printers, they can't sell them anymore because they're getting returned all the time because people are buying them with the intent to use them with Catalina and can't. Well, they can sell them to Windows users. <laughs> they just can't true. sell them to Mac users. Exactly. Yeah. But do be careful about this. Um, I actually know yeah. uh, some people who had that exact problem were just telling me about that yesterday that, oh, I can't use my old printer anymore because I've created a Catalina. And the last hardware to worry about is all of these new things that you put in your house to connect to the internet, all the internet of things devices. Don't buy a cheap Chinese security camera. You never know what it's connecting to. Don't buy cheap for things like this that are portals into your home that may be watching you. Don't buy used because it's actually, I mean, there have been cases where people have doctored used cameras and other IoT devices. To, to listen in and to phone home and to create botnets. And there have been issues in the past too, where if one of these devices is associated with some account on a service, a platform, um, there have been cases where somebody who was a previous owner of a security camera is now able to see the next owners into their house or, or wherever they've got that camera pointing you know, this kind of thing actually happens. It even has happened with cars, if you can believe that. There are uh, security systems that are installed in cars 
that um, people have been able to still access a car that they used to own. They sold it a long time ago. They notified the car manufacturer even and said, I don't have this anymore. Please, I don't want to be <laughs> you know, responsible for somebody else's car. But uh, sometimes uh, with all of this, you know, Internet of Things stuff, um, these systems are not always very well designed. So keep that in mind when you're buying used um, or even when you're selling something like this that ties in with these systems. Make sure you've signed out of everything. For instance, on a Mac, make sure you um, deauthorize it from the iTunes store. If you've been using any software that needs to be authorized for a machine, make sure you deauthorize it. It just makes things easier for the person who's buying the Mac or who you're giving it to. Right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some practical tips for the actual shopping process. If you're a longtime listener of the Indigo Mac podcast, you may recall that we've often mentioned the privacy and security benefits of VPNs, virtual private networks. A good VPN can offer a number of benefits, such as hiding your personal IP address from sites you visit, apps you use, and people you email, securing your internet traffic when using public or untrusted Wi-Fi networks, enabling you to watch your favorite video streaming services when you're traveling, and even making it possible to get better rates when booking flights and hotels. Of course, it's very important to choose a VPN provider that you know you can trust. Intego's sister company, CyberGhost VPN, is our top recommendation for a safe, secure, and private VPN. And as a special Black Friday promotion, CyberGhost will soon offer listeners of the Intego Mac podcast an incredible deal. New CyberGhost customers can get CyberGhost VPN, the best personal VPN solution that works seamlessly with your Mac, iPhone, iPad, and other devices at a special Black Friday promotional price. On Black Friday, check out the special link that will be in our show notes at podcast.intego.com slash 110 for a special deeply discounted price on CyberGhost VPN to fortify your online privacy. That's podcast.intego.com slash 110. Mark your calendar. This special offer is valid from Black Friday, November 29th through December 4th, 2019. Okay, so Black Friday is essentially an online shopping event. And, and there are some stores that do Black Friday. There are actually fewer stores here in the UK because of all the riots they had, people trying to get in and grab cheap TVs. And a lot of stores have decided to not do anything in-store. Um, most of the good deals are online. A lot of what we're going to say um, for the rest of the podcast is things that we've said before and you should know. You should know, right? You do know, right? Um, but there are things that some people need to be reminded of. It, it's almost strange in 2019 to say, make sure that the website you're shopping on is secure, especially because Google is starting to warn people now when they go to a website that is not secure. Now, what secure means doesn't mean you're not going to get scammed or your product's going to be fine. What it means is that the domain that you're going to is verified as being that domain. So when you go to intego.com, there is a certificate that you don't see, but your browser does, that ensures that you are really on intego.com. And you see the little padlock in the menu bar of your browser. And sometimes you see a green thing with the name. That's just a more extended um, certificate. Uh, but more and more, with uh, Google alerting you to non-secure websites, you really can't access them without clicking, yes, I'm sure I want to see this website, I'm really sure, then entering your password, at least on Safari. Right. And actually, Google is even moving in the direction where any website 
regardless of whether there are forms on it, uh, is going to start telling people that a site is not secure um, just, you know, by virtue of not having HTTPS uh, in, in the URL. If it's not available over a secure connection, they're just going to tell you this site is not secure and and start warning everybody about that, even for non-shopping sites. So um, there are very few retail sites these days that take you to an insecure page to do your browsing and then only take you to a secure page at checkout. Almost every retail site, honestly, at this point, I would suggest that if you are shopping on a site that is not HTTPS across the entire site, probably don't buy anything from that site because if if that's still the case then they may not have really properly updated their security in a number of other ways so my advice would be if you see a site like that i would just avoid buying from them at all at this point one thing that i see here is websites will have a separate payment processor and you'll be going to a separate website actually for your payment there's a company called worldpay which is a british company and I see them fairly widely used. Um, so you're actually leaving the website, the same as you would leave a website to pay through PayPal. Right. But we're still talking about a secure website that if the website owner is keeping the site secure, you know that they care enough about it. The thing is, I don't know, five years ago, having a security certificate for a website wasn't something that was very common. A lot of web hosting companies didn't really offer them or they were very expensive. But now they're... 10 bucks a year or even free, um, depending on where you get it and how your hosting company works. So there is no excuse to not have a secure website. I actually know people like freelancers and writers and musicians who have websites that aren't secure, that haven't updated them. You getting information about someone's activities, that's one thing. But if I were to ever go to any merchant's website and it wasn't secure, I would just go out somewhere else. Right, exactly. Okay, next passwords. You go to a website, you buy something, they want you to create an account. You don't always need to. In fact, there are plenty of websites that let you check out as guest, as they say, but they want you to create an account because that way they can send you emails to buy more stuff. And of course, you can go back to the website to get more information. If you need a return, it's a lot easier. Use secure passwords. If I had a quid for every time we told people to use secure passwords since the beginning of this podcast, it would pay for my new freezer. And how much is a quid exactly? A pound. <laughs> okay. <laughs> About a buck and a quarter these days. Ah, okay. Okay, public Wi-Fi networks. Don't shop on public Wi-Fi networks. Use a VPN. I'll put a link in the show notes to an episode we did about using a VPN. Um, you're on a public Wi-Fi network. People can sniff. Even if the website's secure, you, there's always these worries. Okay, if you're in an airport, you don't have a choice. You're waiting for a plane. Go ahead. But really. Not the best idea. Right. And in fact, if you're using a good VPN, um, you shouldn't really have to worry too much about shopping when you're connected to a, a public Wi-Fi network. But um, yeah, it's it's in general, that's a good advice. And if, if you're not using a VPN, you definitely don't want to be doing anything uh, over a Wi-Fi network that um, you you know, would feel uncomfortable doing, uh, let's say at a, at a kiosk in a library or some other public place. Another thing to consider is you found a deal linked from a website saying, Oh, okay, here's our deals that we found. And you go to a website you've never heard of. Is it a good idea to buy from a website you've never heard of? Even if it's secure, even if 
you buy with a credit card or maybe use PayPal. So you're pretty sure that your purchase is going to be okay. You know, we talked about this last year and my, my feeling about this, I oscillate between it doesn't matter and it does matter because it's less the security than the reliability of what you're buying and, and, and the return process if necessary and support. As much as I like to support smaller businesses and there are business, I buy my tea regularly from the same small business. You would not have ever heard of them. Um, but if I'm buying something more expensive, I want something that I can trust that a brand, I want that reassurance of the brand. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you, you know, and there are a lot of people I think who, um, you know, look at these big retail giants like Amazon and say, oh, you know, I don't really want to support Amazon. I'm not sure if I want to give them all my money because, you know, they're putting all kinds of, uh, you know, mom and pop businesses out of business just by virtue of just having everything. And that's the sort of the one place that everybody goes to. And a lot of these small businesses have actually started to just out of necessity, sell their products through Amazon and have, have yeah. those uh, orders fulfilled by Amazon essentially. And um, you know, it, it's, there are some sort of, I guess, moral and, and <laughs> maybe ethical considerations um, with using these big giant retail sites, certainly some people have, have that perspective. I'm, I'm not saying that I necessarily do. I shop on Amazon. Uh, you know, I'll admit that. Um, but, uh, I do like, I like the idea of checking out the, the individual company's website first, if you can, if, if they, uh, if you don't need something right away, but they offer, you know, free standard shipping. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind. I'll, I'd rather buy it from you because I know that you're more likely to get more money from the sale than if I were buying it from Amazon. So, um, I, I, I do agree with, with the idea of whenever possible, support your smaller companies and buy directly from them. If you can. One thing that I've been buying lately, not from Amazon, at least as much as possible as books. My partner and I both read a lot and Amazon doesn't always have the lowest prices. And there are other competing companies that can provide free shipping and at a slightly lower price. And it gets you out of the Amazon ecosystem. Sometimes it takes a lot longer. Um, one recently took 10 days instead of getting it the next day from Amazon. But we've got big piles of books to read, so it's not the end of the world. Right. And by the way, so retail stores will often price match, too. If you show them, hey, I can get this on Amazon for this price, uh, they might not necessarily give you the exact price. Um, but they can say, well, we can offer this much of a discount. And guess what? You can get it right then and there. So um, that's another great way that you can support your local business and also still get a reasonable deal. Okay. Last tip. When you're looking at a price for an item, um, you may be on a website that uses what's called dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing takes into account information they may have about your browsing history through cookies that you're browser has shared with different advertisers, et cetera. And I don't know, they see that I buy a lot of books, so they're going to show me a higher book price. Go to another browser, maybe even in a private browsing window and look at the same URL um, or don't even type in the URL, search for the same product. Cause if the URL is long and complicated, it may have some of that information in it. 
and see if you get the same price. You might get a better deal. Uh, another tip related to that is uh, try connecting to a VPN and using another browser because sometimes there are deals that are sort of geographically restricted. So uh, you may get a better deal when you appear to be coming from, you know, one country or even one part of a country than if you were connecting from some other place. Um, so that's another thing to consider as well and experiment with. It's, it's worth trying because there are websites that really do this. Basically, be careful when you're out there. Don't buy things you don't need. I mean, we're not, uh, uh, we're not here to tell you about your buying habits um, or to talk to you about decluttering. But don't buy what you don't need and make an impulse purchase because Black Friday is really designed for people to spend more money than they need. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not Marie Kondo. I, I'm guessing that's a reference you're not going to get, Kirk. Of course I get that. Oh, you Oh, you do? Okay, great. In fact, the day that we're <laughs> recording this, she even just announced that she's starting to sell objects that she claims spark joy. Oh. oh like, and, and I saw that one of them was like a crystal and a tuning fork. So this is kind of... My reaction to this is you can't spell her method is called the con Marie method and you can't spell yeah. con Marie without con. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Until next week, Josh, stay secure and don't buy too many things. All right. Stay secure, Kirk. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac podcast, the voice of Mac security with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long to get every weekly episode be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. <laughs>